Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. And I am just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you are not. Why is that? I mean, we're in the middle of December. Things are wonderful. How come you look so tired? I am exhausted. I have just come off of my busy season with selling Medicare. I work on the phones. I have been working for the past seven weeks, right up until December the 7th, selling Medicare policies about 12 hours a day, and that was on a short day. And that's because the enrollment period here is between October 15th and December 7th. And that time you are working sometimes seven days a week. Yes. I worked the last 14 days straight up to December 7th. And then December the 8th was Friday, and I took that day off, and I just loafed all day. Yeah, I, that I understand. And I, it, it, uh, you, you actually work out of your home, and you just do incoming calls. So when people call and they want to call one of those 800 numbers on television, you're the person they talk to. I work for one of the big companies, so if you call one of the big reputable companies, I may be one of the people that you talk to. Yeah. Great. We want to talk about aging issues for LGBTQ seniors after this. So we're talking about seniors, the LGBTQ plus people who are dealing with retirement years. It's important for us that we talk about this because as our podcast, we care about preserving relationships and keeping families together. Yes. And these are some of the relationships that are most vulnerable. The LGBTQ elderly population is one of the most invisible populations and one of the most marginalized. We wanted to call attention to that to make you aware. If you're an ally, there are several things that you can do. One of those is there's an organization out there called SAGE. They are an organization for the adult LGBTQ plus community. And we're going to tell you a lot more about that later on in the show. They first made me aware of a lot of the issues. For instance, imagine that you are a gay or lesbian person that has been in a lifelong relationship. And maybe you've recently had a spouse or a life partner that has passed away. And maybe you're at the place where you're going now on to assisted living or nursing home care. Imagine some of the unique challenges you're going to have. One of the big ones is, and this really shocked me, is there is a trend of a lot of LGBTQ people going back into the closet as they enter assisted living or nursing home care. Because maybe the nursing staff hasn't been properly trained. Maybe it is a completely straight society, you know, in in the ways that we think of, the worst ways of what we used to be back in, say, the 1950s or the 1960s, or even when I was growing up in the 80s, you and I have talked about a lot of how society has changed. But in some of these communities, they haven't changed. And all of a sudden, there's a new pressure for seniors to no longer be themselves. It's not necessarily... The people who are working in these places, but because it's elderly people, a lot of the elderly people are not accepting. They're certainly not affirming, and that because they've been that way all their life, they're probably the people that are most difficult to educate. 
you may have somebody, you know, maybe you've, you've spent your whole life and you've had, you know, here's a person that has been so important to you. And now all of a sudden you're in a place where you have all those memories of this person and you feel like you can't talk about them. And you have to, maybe you're, you're referring to your spouse that has passed away as, oh yes, when my spouse passed away and using intentionally gender neutral terms so that you don't out yourself. Or maybe you're talking, you know, you find ways to cover up parts of your life. And anytime we have to cover up parts of who we are, that's not a healthy way to live. Well, I have a question for you, Mrs. Expert. Miss Expert, what do you call yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't probably use any of those terms. No, I didn't think you would. (laughs) Um, But I have a question for you. Since you are in the... uh, Medicare field, so to speak, there are issues unique to the LGBTQ community for those who are moving into Medicare or are in it already. Let's talk about a little of those. So I was really surprised how much Medicare both does in some ways uh, support issues and in some ways is completely ignorant of the issues. For instance, one thing that would be striking for anyone that is younger, and I assume that this will change in the future, every single Medicare form requires you to mark on it whether you are male or female. Now, there's no reason why they need to know that information, and yet every single form requires you to choose one or the other. And I know if we were talking to 20-somethings, you would have a large percent of people that say, I refuse to answer that question. But because most of the people that are on Medicare are seniors, it's a generation where there's not a lot of pushback on that. I imagine we'll start seeing some changes in the future. It's a small little thing, but it's indicative of the system as a whole and how Medicare is designed. That if you don't fit the system, sometimes it's not there for you and it doesn't really know quite what to do for you. So where do you see Medicare falling short when it comes to working with LGBTQ people who are on Medicare? Well, one thing I was really surprised by is I expected uh, AIDS medication, AIDS and HIV, to be covered by Medicare. And I was really surprised to discover, and I don't have it come up real often, but oh, probably once a year or maybe once uh, a couple times a year, I'll have a caller that will disclose to me that they have HIV and take a certain uh, number of medications. And those in the community will call it the cocktail. They take, I don't know, it's three or four different kinds of medications, and they're quite expensive. And sometimes they will tell me, these are the medications that I'm on. And the first time I did this, I looked it up and, holy cow, $10,000? What? I don't know. Wow. you can't pay for this. And then thankfully, then one of those early calls, somebody told me, oh, no, 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 I don't get coverage through my normal insurance. There's this special group over here that will pay for my HIV medications, which I'm very grateful that that exists. I haven't learned a lot about that, who it is, but I know those that are uh, experiencing HIV or AIDS they all know how that all functions and works. But I was very surprised to discover that Medicare itself is really ill-equipped to deal with HIV and AIDS. Is there anything else out there that they will uh, disallow people of because they're uh, 
LGBTQ plus? Well, I did do a search to see what about uh, transgender affirming healthcare? Do they cover surgeries? Now, the thing about it is that oftentimes people assume that company by company, they will all set their own policies. But by and large, it doesn't work like that. When you get into Medicare, Medicare is all sets the rules on what does and does not get covered. For instance, I was very surprised to discover that Medicare does not cover routine dental coverage or routine vision coverage. So you go into the eye doctor to get your eyeglasses and Medicare doesn't cover that. And you think, well, what is this? What kind of insurance am I paying for? And so a lot of the times then other insurance companies will come in and will cover some of those important pieces that Medicare does not cover. But that means that... Is that a separate policy? Uh, It can be. It depends on what you choose. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you can choose it all in a plan called an Advantage plan, or if you choose a more traditional Medicare supplement plan, you would add that on as some additional coverage, or sometimes they can build in. It would depend on, and you would want to go through that with your specific insurance agent of what's available. But I was really surprised to discover that you have to be aware of some of these things. Hmm. So when you're getting into LGBTQ plus issues... The question of whether or not something is going to be covered really is rarely a question of whether that company is going to choose to cover it. Because by and large, the company is under contract. If Medicare covers it, then my company is required to cover it, as well as all of our competitors. And if Medicare does not cover it, then no company is going to cover it unless it's explicitly added to, which is really only going to be those big categories like we talked about the dental, the vision, hearing coverage, and some of those other big categories. Now, thankfully, Medicare does largely consider things like gender-affirming care to be medically necessary as long as a doctor certifies, yes, this is necessary. But there again, you have the issue of you have to have a doctor say, yes, I believe you. And some doctors are very supportive and some doctors not so much. Okay, you listeners out there that are hearing all this, you're thinking, what does that have to do with me? I'm in my (laughs) 30s or 20s and why am I talking about all this? Well, you're talking about it because you may have an association with somebody who is either moving into Medicare or who has been in it for a while. And if you want to help that person, it's helpful for you to know what can they do and what can they not do. Or they might be people, you might have uh, someone in your relation that needs some help. They don't understand this. Where can you go to get some information about this? Where, where could they go? Where can they find out? People, young people, how could they find out more about Medicare and what it covers and what it doesn't? Well, you can send me an email and <laughs> I'll be happy to discuss with you um, as long as we don't have too many. But you can go to Medicare.gov and there's some very good resources that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great pamphlet called Medicare and You, uh, a guidebook to your Medicare that I've you can get that right from them. That's a very good one. Um, uh, and then uh, there are a variety of other resources, but Medicare.gov is a very good one. You want to make sure you put in .gov. Don't put in .com because that does not take you to the government website. That takes you to some faker website. That mm-hmm. you know. So make sure you get that one right. 
So there are a lot of challenges out there for seniors, for some seniors. Some seniors are fortunate enough to have a very strong support group around them. But there are plenty of people who don't. And that's what we want to talk about next. What kind of challenges can we think that these people might experience? Well, I can tell you, they might be very lonely. Maybe their partner died. Maybe they never had a partner. Maybe they've never, they've never been married. They've never had kids. There's no one younger that they can turn to to say, this person is going to be the person who's going to speak for me when I can't speak for myself anymore. There are challenges. You probably know some of these people and you don't even know that you know them. Just like we say, if you think, oh, I don't know anybody who's LGBTQ, you don't know anybody because they're out there. And it's the same way with these people. There are a lot of them. It could be your neighbor. It could be your friend. It could be an old friend from a long time ago. It could be a friend of your parents. It could be a friend of your grandparents. It could be somebody who is involved in your church and comes in and sits all alone and you see there's no connection with anyone there. It could be a person you see every day in the restaurant that you go to for lunch sitting all alone, clearly with nobody around, an older person. But whoever it is, there are ways that you can connect. There's a lot of things you can do. First of all, get to know these people. Find out if if they need help. They might, they probably wouldn't ask anyone, which is one of the reasons they're alone. And there are a lot of things that they can do. Maybe you're one of these people who is listening to us who is alone right now and saying, yeah, well, what can I do? Well, there's a variety of things you can do. Yes, there are challenges, but there are challenges Whatever you do in life, there are challenges. So if you look at this and say, there are challenges and there's nothing I can do, now I can give you some ideas on what you might be able to do. And I'm not saying, oh, write all these down. You've got to do all of these things. But I can give you some suggestions and maybe one of these would click. So I'm going to give you what I think sounds like a bunch of good ideas. <laughs> Go for it. First of all, you had social connections in the past. Did you lose all of those connections once you retired? No, don't do that. Maintain your social connections. Or if you aren't able to maintain those social connections, then try joining new ones. There are organizations out there that will help bring feelings of loneliness up and then you're connecting with someone else. It could be joining a book club, it could be a gardening club, it could be a volunteer group. There are so many ways to meet new people, but I can tell you no one is at a spot where there isn't some place that you could connect. Another thing you should do, all these people that you used to hang out with, Stay in touch. I do that every once in a while. I'll call somebody that I haven't talked to in a long time. And I just made a connection about six months ago with a friend from high school who joined the military with me. We went, really? through, basic, we went through basic training together. After the basic training, he went one way, I went the other. I never saw him again. 
But then about six months ago, I ran into his brother, and his brother told me how to get a hold of him. I found out he lives about 75 miles away from us, and I made a connection. We got together, and since then, this friend of mine, who is also in his late 70s, has lost one leg uh, to diabetes, and he just lost the second leg, and he has no one out there. And I've been calling him, and he appreciates it. I'm his connection now, and he he's not that far away. I've called him a number of times and say, I'd like to come over this week and visit. And he's put me off so far for uh, quite a few times, and I suspect I know why. But he sure is very, very pleased to see me. And when I call him on the phone, he'll talk until I can finally come up with an excuse to say, well, I got to go now. <laughs> Sometimes it's an hour and a half. I, I certainly have some times where I will have someone call in, and I, as a salesperson, may be the only connection that a senior has. And you can tell when you have these conversations. I enjoy having those conversations and letting them tell me all about their lives and their history and what they've done. But I can tell it's very sad. Sometimes when I get off the phone, I know I may be the only person that they talk to. So, And, and so if you can be the person reaching out, and being that friend, that's terrific. And if you're the person in that situation, find someone that you can connect with. So what else could you do? Well, you could pursue a hobby or do something that interests you. For example, when I say, I, I recently read an article that talked about hobbies, and I realized it's a much broader definition than I thought it was. I thought it meant taking up painting or doing something like that, but no, it's a lot more than that. A hobby is anything that you find interesting, that you want to do, that you're basically um, connected to, that gives you pleasure. One of my hobbies is volunteering. I love volunteering. I'm in a couple of volunteer organizations, and I'm involved on, on some boards as a volunteer. And it helps me stay connected with a lot of people. Uh, I'll be 80 years old soon, and I've got a huge circle of friends because I'm very active with all of those things. And it's, it's an easy thing to do. Sometimes when you do that and you get involved initially, some of those people might be difficult to get to know. So sometimes you have to make the effort, not them. But on the other hand, some of those organizations, you can come in and be very quiet and they'll draw you right in with them. And it's, it's wonderful. I tell you, I've, I've never regretted the volunteer work that I've done. It's been wonderful, wonderful things. You also really need to take care of your physical and mental well-being. That means if you're having some problems and it's some things that are bothering you, if you're really feeling as though... You're just not able to keep going along anymore. Seek professional help if you have to. Or talk to someone that you feel comfortable with. Make those connections, and it'll make a difference. And don't avoid the doctor when you know you need to go. I think those are important in themselves. The other thing is, if you don't have a pet, 
you might consider that. Are you living alone and you're there all by yourself? A dog or a cat can ha- can be really a best friend. And they will be so comforting for you. It's like having another person there with you. And they are wonderful. Uh, so it's another area to consider. Something else if you're one of these people that says, boy, I'm really bad on tech. I, I don't, I'm tech challenged. Make an effort to try to learn a little bit. A lot of, especially senior citizens, have kind of taken over Facebook. There's a lot of that. And they connect with one another and they enjoy it. And some people spend nearly all their day on Facebook. And that that's not what I'm suggesting. But I'm saying if you connect with some of these things, you will discover that you have an electronic community that you really enjoy, and it'll choose itself. If you're course, not sure how to do that, find somebody who knows how to do that and let them teach you. And, of course, be careful with that, too, because you can be drawn into the dark side of social media. Yeah, that's you know, true. Diff- the, to have that become a, a negative influence in your life. Oh, it, it certainly could. But where it's positive, where it's connecting with other people, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My wife does that all the time. She finds out our kids who live 1,200 miles away, our grandkids connect with us a lot. We do enjoy seeing the pictures and following their life as they're going through school. It's wonderful. Another thing you might do, are you living in a house that's too big for you? You don't need it now, and you probably won't need it in the future. Consider downsizing. We downsized four years ago, and I love it. I'm not a slave to all that stuff anymore. We had this house. We had four acres, and like an idiot, I mowed three and a (laughs) half of them, which was a bad idea. In the summertime, I was a slave to the yard. In the wintertime, I was a slave to the snowblower. We had a big horseshoe driveway, and that kept me busy. And since we've downsized, I've been a lot happier. In fact, now, if I cut the lawn myself, it takes me an hour. And that's with all of the trimming and everything else instead of taking most of a day. And just recently, I thought, you know, I don't need to waste an hour of my time <laughs> cutting that lawn, and now I hired somebody to do it for me, and I'm glad I did. So those are some of the things you can do to connect. It is a wonderful way for you to enliven yourself up again. So let's talk a little bit more about SAGE. SAGE is the advocacy group for older LGBTQ individuals. You can visit them at sageusa.org and find out more information about the unique challenges of LGBTQ seniors. I'm on their website right now, and right on the homepage, it says LGBTQ plus older people are twice as likely to be single and live alone and four times less likely to have children. If you would like to know how you can get involved, you can go to sageusa.org and find out some ways that you can volunteer, that you can donate your time, or that you can donate to help the organization. They are doing things all the time to help older LGBTQ plus seniors to make it through some of these difficult, challenging things. 
One of my favorite things that they do, and I think one of the best services, if you're struggling or if you know somebody that's struggling with any aspect of aging related to LGBTQ plus issues, they have a dedicated hotline that you can call. That number is going to be 877-370-LGBT. Let me repeat that number. A little differently than you have it, because I can find the numbers. Ooh. And it is 877-360, and the real key, 5428. That's 877-360-5428. They have that staffed with all kinds of resources that you can use to help make it through those difficult things. For instance, they will help you discuss whatever kind of crises you may be going through. They can provide resources of ideas that maybe you haven't thought of and explore some things, programs, or other resources that may be able to help you. And maybe most important of all, they can help you get connected with other people because it's that connection that is so important. That's a great resource. If you're looking for some help or you know someone that needs some help, we actually just tried calling it just a little bit before recording this podcast just to make sure that it works. And there was somebody there, even though uh, we're in the holiday season, it was staffed right away. So they're a very, very good resource. 24-7, they said. If you would like to support what Sage is doing, you can go to sageusa.org and there's a little button there to donate. I highly encourage that. I have donated to them in the past. It's very, very good work that they're doing. So we hope we gave you some good ideas. We hope we gave you something to think about. There's a lot there. If you've got some comments about that or if there's something that you have questions about, Feel free to email us. Uh, we'll, we read every one of the emails we get. Email us at trandescendant at gmail.com. We've got some exciting episodes coming up in the future. Next week, we're going to be talking about self-esteem issues and specifically how to overcome shame because so often shame can be a self-esteem destroyer. And the week after that, we're going to have one called Seven Actions you can take to strengthen your self-image. And I think that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to producing that one with you. These are really, really critical. As we're getting into the new year, it's a great way to get yourself on and you know figure out what do you want to do in order to be the best you that you can be. So you're definitely going to want to come back for those. We're grateful to have you here week after week. We're always here every Monday to be your voice of positivity. If you want to help us, we ask you to share this podcast with one other person you think might find it helpful. And as always, we will see you Monday morning. Mm-hmm.